Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Jason, without further ado, over to you. Thank you, Martina. Pleasure to be on. My own name is Jason Ring. I am the manager for EMEA Business Development in a company called F5. I've been here just under two years. Prior to that, I've been in multiple roles in enterprise software companies over the last 10 years. Father of two kids, living in Cork, Ireland, big sports fanatic. I won't tell you who I support yet, just in case we don't get on. But <laughs> yeah, that's a small bit about me. Jason has a lovely accent and I've become a little bit biased because when I joined Meta back in 2021, my team were all based in different parts of Ireland, but the HQ was in Dublin, completely unrelated. Was doing research about the different types of Irish accent and really getting into <laughs> how it sounds in the North and the South, because there are many Jason, aren't there? So I'm based in Cork. We actually have our own dictionary. Is that if, true or are you joking? This is true. So you can go online to mm-hmm. corkslang.com. Oh my and it is a dictionary of Cork slang words that will only be found in Cork. Not <laughs> all of them are pleasant words. Give me one example of a Cork slang word. Okay, the word bait. Like bait that you use for fish. Well, that's how you would use the word. But yes, we yeah. <laughs> would use the word bait to say that we're tired. Oh, in a I'm absolutely bait. I don't know if you know this. Bait is, of course, something that you can use to catch fish. We also use it in Ebonics and in London slang to mean somebody that is too obvious, completely the opposite of incognito. It's like, oh, you're bait, man. That's bait. <laughs> so it means tired for the uh, Corkonians. Yeah, Corkonians. And it means obvious for Gen Z and the millennial. But anyway, we digress. Jason, <laughs> that was a lovely little intro. Thank you very much. Back to the format of this. So as you guys know, there are 520 questions as part of Textroverts determined by a letter and a number between 1 and 20. Now, the 20 numbers all align to a different topic. So, Jason, can I have a letter and a number combination, please? Yeah, we're going to go for A1. A1, the first letter and the first number. The topic for number one is family. The question under A, are you a sibling? Couldn't pick a better question to start with. So, uh, (laughs) I was an only child for many, many, many years, 20-odd years. Oh, Um, wow. Some people will say that it's obvious that I'm an only child because apparently (laughs) people that grow up without siblings are very noticeably different. I'll take that as a compliment for all those people. (laughs) I always wanted to have a sibling and I always actually wanted to have a little sister, someone to look after and grow up with. I didn't necessarily want that person to be 26 years younger than me, but anyway, that's (laughs) my life. So I have a sibling. Her name's Simone. It's very strange. We're completely different stages in our lives. I am... 35 years of age nearly. I have a full-time job. I have a mortgage. I have a wife. I have kids. I have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And I also have a little sister that's going through secondary school now. There was a beautiful paternal aspect that came out about wanting a little sister. Why do you think that was as opposed to a little brother? I don't know if there was any one thing in particular that stands out why, but I just always wanted a little sister. Eventually, thanks to my wife, we were very, very lucky to have our own daughter. And that was probably, for me, the best moment in my life so far. Obviously, meeting my wife beforehand, who might listen to this podcast. But that was kind (laughs) of like a big thing for me personally. I'm Mm. a bit of a planner. I grew up thinking, you know, I want this kind of thing for my career. I want a family. I want a mortgage. I want a house. I had all these things in my mind when I was 13, 14, which is probably a bit strange for a 14-year-old boy. But anyway. I guess if you've got that planning mindset all the way back at 13, 
you've retained it and at 34, 35, you still have it. So what are the next things that you're planning in your life that you're actively working towards, Jason? What I found over the last few years, especially as we've gone through COVID and I now have a son as well, it's very difficult to rear kids in that kind of environment where they were locked in for a huge period of time. And then obviously not being able to meet people that you start working with and, mm. and stuff like that. So honestly, just for the next few years, I just want to enjoy life with my family. I'm an over planner. I probably don't relax enough. Getting to the stage where you have some plans, but actually the freedom to just think and go with the flow is a plan in itself that I have never really practiced very well. And that's what I'd like to do for the next few years. So having no plans is a plan within itself. Yeah, I think the active stance that you've taken to try to make sure that you're building mindfulness into your life is super important, especially with everything going on at the moment with the environment, with the macro economy, with jobs, with tech. We've started off so wholesome, Jason. Let's see if we can keep this theme or if it trundles into debauchery. Let's if it goes into debauchery, <laughs> I, I throw in a few more cork slang words. Guys, I'm going to post that link in the show notes and probably purchase the dictionary because I want to become very, very fay with these slang terms. But I digress. Jason, please, can you give me another letter and number combination? I'm going to go to the opposite end, which probably people do as well. I'm going to go Z20. Nobody has picked this and I'm very excited. Number 20 is the topic of taboo. So the question under here, the statement, shall I say, is describe a trait in a person that you just can't tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate people that eat loud. I don't know what the name of that. There's a, it's a misophonia. I just can't. And like, I'm sorry, I love my kids even. But if my daughter is sitting next to me and she's eating <laughs> cheese and yes. cheese shouldn't sound crunchy. Oh, goodness. And, but she would sit next to me and she would go, Daddy, I love you. And, oh, and I'm just like, OK, Eliza, could, could you just stop? Or people that think that they're talking with their mouthful in a way that is okay and it's not. I can hear the food sloshing around their gums as they try and say something. It makes me so angry. I'm so glad you said this. You know, it's an actual disorder they describe misophonia as. My wife reminds me every day. It's my problem <laughs> that I hate other people <laughs> eating loads. Something that I'm massively into is ASMR. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, which is the sounds of specific noises like rainfall and yeah. white noise. What are your thoughts here with the ASMR, if you're aware of it? I wouldn't be very familiar with ASMR, but there's a sheep you can buy. I think it's called You and the Sheep. Other sheep are available. And it does white noise. And ultimately, like for a large portion of both Eliza and Jake's early years, mm -hmm. they were surrounded by white noise and that kind of thing. And it's quite soothing. And I even find myself during work or if I was studying I would put on like a calm music where you can just kind of zone into what you need to do. So I completely relate to that. I just looked up you in the sheep. You can get him for $39.99 from Amazon. Highly um, recommended. <laughs> Please give me another letter and number combo. J for Jake and three. So we go. Three is the topic of sounds. For sounds, the question here under J is, how do you find calm in a noisy work environment? I have a very busy mind. Like, I just can't stop thinking about things. I overthink yeah. a lot. And I could be like that in a very quiet environment where I'm in a building on my own. I'm trying to motivate myself to do the next thing, the next thing. And finding that calm is to be laser focused in the thing I need to do right now or the thing that I need to do next. And mm -hmm. having a plan around that of where I'm going to minimize the noise. Making sure that I've planned my day or environment accordingly to make sure I don't have any other distractions to just focus in the thing that needs my attention right now. Mm -hmm. Again, it's funny because I say I'm always trying to plan, but that even comes with a bit of planning itself. 
there are times you can't control or plan it. Maybe like it's yeah. an offsite situation or some sort of collaborative work you've got to do. And you have to adjust so much of how you would work optimally to kind of factor in, you know, like teamwork or collaboration or like really long meetings. How are you in those environments? The big thing that would have always been feedback for me over the years is I'm probably too much of a talker and a communicator. Um, <laughs> really? Are you the distractor in the room for others? Sometimes. <laughs> but I think it's something that I've worked on over the years myself. So one of the things early in my career, and there were certain people that told me, was to not be the person that always needs to be in charge or run a meeting or be the most mm -hmm. vocal in the meeting. And actually, sometimes silence speaks more than any word actually spoken. Because I'm passionate about things, right? I mm. like my job. I like what I do. I like being successful. I like driving positivity. Mm -hmm. So then I feel like, you know, you have to portray that out as well. But sometimes you don't. So I think for me, it's just being reflective and respectful of everybody else in that meeting environment, for example. I do find that a struggle, if I'm being honest. Well, I have a question. I don't want to come across like a pseudo psychologist by any means, but you mentioned, you know, being an only child. Do you feel like you were filling silences, not due to loneliness per se, but unintentionally, and that's kind of filtered into your adult life? I definitely think there is an element of it. I wouldn't put it down to loneliness. When I was younger, I always wanted a sibling and I always mm -hmm. wanted someone to look after. It didn't really make me feel like lonely. And that was mainly just because I kind of threw myself into anything I'd done. Like I was very socially active at school. I like, mm -hmm. you know, made a lot of friends in that. If I look at sports, right, mm -hmm. I'm a terrible loser. I absolutely hate <laughs> to lose. I'm also not the tallest person. As I was growing up, there might have been a bit of, oh, look at the size of you. I'm not gonna. And I honestly, <laughs> no, but in that way, it didn't yeah. bother me. It actually drove me on. Not that it's a game where you're switching yourself on, but you kind of have the nice balance between being social and connecting with people and also being comfortable in your own company, which I think is a strength to be able to do that. Thank you for sharing that, Jason. I'm sad to let you go. This is one of the most poignant episodes that we've had on Textroverts, but alas, we have gotten to the juncture in the podcast where I'm asking the guests for what I call sage advice. Now, sage advice is advice not about their job specifically, about their professional development and their career and their journey. And something for the listeners who are aspirational and looking at wanting to develop, what is something that somebody like you, Jason, has heard or applied in their own career that has helped spur them on their journey? Follow through and fall forward. If you commit to something, you obviously have given it thought and you've committed to it. So try to see it through. I've always tried to follow through. If I've committed to something, it may not always work out, but I'll always give it my maximum effort. Follow through on everything. And I loved that idea of not having always to worry about backup plans. And of course, it is important to have a backup plan, but aim to fall forward. It's OK to fail. It's OK to not always be successful. One of the things I would say to my own teams in work is that if you try something and you don't succeed, it's not failing. It's the next step in the ladder. You've tried it. You've learned that it does or doesn't work or what can change. And then you go try it again. And that for me is kind of that follow through, fall forward element. Be open to that. and. Why try anything half-hearted that you're not passionate about? That was powerful. I think it was Picasso that said the best artists still, nothing is original. If you can apply somebody else's advice to your own life, that is the most powerful way of doing things because it's applied knowledge. And um, the reference there was to Denzel Washington's commencement speech at the University of Pennsylvania. I think people listening to that, there's a lot for them to take away and apply to their own lives. So Jason, thank you so much for that advice, for sharing so openly about your life. It's been a pleasure to host you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Great fun. Thank you so much. We will touch base soon, but bye for now. Bye, everybody.